0: Hi, and welcome to Plead the Cause, brought to you by Heart of the Bride Ministries, where we're pleading the cause of orphaned and vulnerable children around the world, and even right here in the panhandle of Florida. My name is Brian Christman. I'm the executive director of Heart of the Bride. And once again, I'm your host today because our normal host, Tommy, is in Zambia right now where he is preparing, he and his wife, uh, to enter the mission field in October of 2024. So he's already over there doing some preliminary work getting ready and getting to know the ministry. So he's over there. You can be praying for Tommy and his wife, Helena, as they get ready for that uh, in a few weeks on a future episode, they're going to be sharing about their journey. Uh, But uh, we're here today to uh, pick up where we left off. If you uh, were watching our our last podcast or listening to our last one, we started with Alec and Victoria's adoption story, but we really only covered the five part, which is good. We wanted to do that. Uh, but today we're going to pick up and actually get into the adoption. So welcome back, Alec and Victoria. How are you today?
1: We're good.
0: We're Good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, well, that's great. So, if if you if you just happen to be picking up on this episode today, I do recommend that you go back and listen to or watch the the previous one. But you can also pick up here today because we're going to start uh, with uh, Alec and Victoria were fostering, and then how uh, they they proceeded into adoption. Um, uh, Victoria is. Uh, my daughter. And so uh, and Alec then, of course, is my son-in-law. So I'm very glad to have them on today and uh, and to continue this story. So where we left off, you guys were fostering. Um, we didn't share all the stories. There are a lot of different stories, but um, we talked about fostering, how God led you to it, um, how people supported you in that and what was meaningful to you and how that worked um but let's go ahead and get to um and we can go now we can say his name that it's all official jonathan <laughs> Stapp. um how did you guys you know you're fostering how did you guys then come to the the realization that god was calling you to adopt jonathan
2: okay so <laughs> that's actually a, a really cool part of, uh, our story with him because, so we, we had gotten to know him a little bit, uh, because he was with, um, uh, Seth Seitz, who, uh, is a guy that, uh, currently goes to our former church, y'all's church still, but, uh, we'd known him a little bit and, uh, gotten to, uh, just through serving and just being around, seeing him, um,
1: and also you guys had him for, um, babysitting mm-hmm. and I think y'all kept him for,
0: well, should I tell that part of the story? Yeah, kind of yeah, first? Yeah. I know <laughs> I need to be the one to talk cause I want people no, to hear from you, but you know, so what was funny or what was cool is, you know, so we all knew Seth and, you know, Seth was a single guy who was fostering at 1.6 kids. I mean, it's crazy cause he works from home and he was able to do it, um, uh, but he was also a part of the worship band at our church. And so we, you know, were at that point really becoming convicted that we needed to, to be helping foster families in the area. And so um, knowing Seth, I was like, Seth, what can we do? And he said, Well, you know, on Thursday nights when I'm on worship band, I can't bring the kids with me because he was, and that was tough. You know, he said, Would you, you know, could you just help watch the kids? And so we were like, Yeah. So I I went over just about every Thursday he was on the worship band. And then, you know, Sonia, my wife, went with me uh, sometimes. Sometimes it was our daughters, you know, your sisters, because you were already married and had kids, um, uh, their daughters. Brody, our, our oldest bio son, you know, went with me. I mean, we just kind of all went over there. Daniel, our youngest, would go and he would play, you know, with them. But um, so we started doing that. And that's how we met. Now, at that time, his name was Liam. So we met Liam. Um, he ended up staying with Seth the longest. And so towards the end, when Seth only had a few kids, you know, we, we did keep Liam overnight and um, had him for Mother's Day one year when um, uh, I think Seth's daughter was graduating <laughs> from a college, a college graduation on Mother's Day. So we had okay. Liam overnight for a full day. And so, yeah, we all got to know him. And so what's funny is, you know, so Sandy and I, we're getting to know him. So this was last year, 2022 and began to have real deep conversations about Liam. And, you know, it started with me thinking, okay, this kid needs to be in a family you know, the, the system was already moving to terminate parental rights. Um, and so we, we knew he was going to be an adoption, sole goal of adoption. And so, you know, I was already kind of thinking that. And then Sonia said, man, I just really feel like Liam needs a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was her the burden that was kind of welling up in her. And then, you know, she said those magic words one day, which was, you know, <laughs> or the question, should we should we think about adopting Liam? And and I was like, I, I'm game if you are. Let's start praying. <laughs> so so we start praying about that. And then you pick up on your side of the story. What was happening on your side?
1: Yeah. It was um it was kind of a similar thing so obviously like we were fostering and i was also pregnant um so we went through kind of a lot of back and forth where we're like okay we'll take another placement and then for some reason well i mean it was the lord it was definitely the lord like all of them got cut very short and so then at one point i it was after you guys had um had had him for that uh time and like just we were thinking about liam at the time and i started by myself praying about potentially like talking to Alec about like being open to adopting him. And then you were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then one day we were just like in the kitchen cooking or something. And Alec was like, just brought up, Hey, this is something I've been praying about. I think we need to talk about it. Um, about like seeing if Liam's even like up for adoption, if that's even a, a thing. Um, and I was like, Oh man, I have been too. So it was just definitely a God thing. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. I definitely think it was just the Lord um, putting it on all of our hearts then at that point. Um, So then eventually I can't even remember how we started talking about it with you guys. Well,
0: you used, you told Sonia, all right, your Uh, mom. And so then Sonia came to me and she was like, you're never going to believe what Victoria told me today. (laughs) And so, you know, when she said it, you know, we immediately were like, well, we think then it's pretty obvious. Jonathan, well, Liam at the time is supposed to be in our family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were pretty quickly like, okay, he could be our son or our grandson. That is so weird to say, (laughs) but you know, we're fine either way. And then, so then I think it was in a week or two y'all were over here and we just all had a conversation about it. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. what we said. It was like, wow, we've been praying about it too. So, I mean, we're fine either way, right? Of course, for you, he could either be your son or your brother, so. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so weird. Oh, that's
1: even weirder. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: So, but, you know, and then, of course, you know, we're older, obviously, and then you guys have younger kids. I, I think I started feeling pretty early on, Sonny and I both did, like, okay, what we feel like is that God was just saying through all of us that this is, this is, um this, you know, this, this boy is, is a part of your family. And so um, we didn't care either way, you know, how he did it. Um, We just knew. And and I think early on that it was going to be you guys to adopt him. It just made more sense. Um, You know, sometimes God gives us common sense for a reason. I think, you know, I think that was definitely part of it. So for us, you know, it was just, it was awesome. And when you guys told us that you're really moving towards it, I mean, it, um, that was, I, I don't know. I, I just already felt like he was our son and or our grandson. Like he was a, he was one of our, a part of our family. So um, yeah, that was awesome. So once you decided it, we were just like, yeah, let's do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, so when, and when, when was it um, you guys really came to that decision? It was late last year. Yeah. So it was like.
1: It was uh, after the rest of the here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah, yeah, so. <laughs>
2: it was like october time frame basically we when we talked about it and then we were like okay what's the next step and I, we talked to you guys and stuff and we're like well let's just see you know if this really is god moving this then you know other things will start to fall in place as well and so basically i reached out to seth and said hey you know i didn't mention anything about us wanting to potentially adopt him. I just said for us we needed to make sure before we move forward with anything that he was going to be good safe in our family and our other kids were going to do well. Um and so I just offered to him. I was like, "Hey, you know, would you I know you got a lot on your hands. Would you uh One, at any point in time for us to maybe do some respite care to give you a break. And then I think it was literally like a week after I texted him that I didn't know at that time when I texted him, he was already out of town for a family situation and he was going to have to leave again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so basically... Once he got back, he immediately, a few days later, was like, yeah, I actually need somebody to take him for like 10 days uh, while I go back up to deal with some family stuff. Um, And so that was just one more affirmation for us of like, wow, this kind of happened really quick um, and things started moving. After that, after we did the 10-day respite care, um, which all, you know, it went really well. It went way better than we were yeah. expecting. It wasn't
1: easy, but yeah, not at he all. he fit in with our children and with our family really well. Um the boys played together so well. Um, cuz our our oldest biological son is like 7 months younger than him and they just did all the superhero stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um the whole time. So he it was just obvious that he fit in well with everyone, which isn't necessarily like a requirement but it was definitely something that showed us like yeah this would this would work and the lord is gonna just orchestrate this beautifully in our family so Mm -hmm.
0: well it's just kind of that whole thing i mean i I remember in our first journey when we thought we were going to adopt from kenya you know being over there and holding the boy that we really thought we were going to get to adopt and God said, no. And, you know, and that was a God thing. We know it, but I remember just holding him and, and part of our process was going, okay, God, like I'm, I'm asking you to tell me, you know, like, like I'm holding, like, I, you know, just, you know, show me. And, you know, and, and, um, you know, it was different with Daniel because we obviously didn't, we only knew him by pictures and video, you know, to know him, but, um, you know, in this situation, you had the same opportunity to kind of interact with him and just go, hey, is God, is this your will? Like, is this, we feel like he's our family. Is this, is this for real? It makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of that person looking for God to speak in multiple ways and, and, and experiencing that is, it's been a large part of our family for a long time. You've been a part of that, Victoria, you know, when God was calling us to different places, going to visit, you know, seeing God at work. And so I kind of very much saw it like that because we knew you guys were hosting him. We knew what you were praying about and we were just praying for you in that. So, um, yeah. 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 So
1: after that, um, we, I mean, said that just to each other, we do think we should pursue adoption with him and then talk to you guys. And we're all kind of a go for that. Um, so we got in touch with, um, the adoption coordinator for his case um because it was already post tpr at that point um which means that there's not really a lot standing in your way at that point of taking him the only thing for us was that i was quite pregnant at that point um in like november december i was like seven or eight months pregnant i think Mm -hmm. um and so for me just like physically i just knew that we needed to wait until after I gave birth and kind of had like a month or two to settle in with um, our new baby. Um, So when we technically like started the home study process for our adoption, because that's separate from a foster care home study, you have to have a whole other one um, for adoption. When we started that, it was just like, we were very open. Like we, we are all in, like we want him to join our family. We want him to be our son, but we do have to wait for him to come to our house until after this other other kid joins our family um or is already there but you know joins the outside world um so yeah i mean but at that point we were like it was happening for yeah we were all in mm-hmm.
0: um yeah awesome well so what um so all right so that was you you really agreed it was probably october or november of last year november, right of 2022 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and then he he did though i mean it, Seems quite quick, especially if you've been through the international. That it was April yeah. um, that he his adoption was finalized, but uh, for uh, August. What, you, <laughs> what What month? You is it? No, no, it was. It was April, wasn't it? No. Oh, no, he goodness. moved in I in
1: May it. and then was adopted in August. Okay, that's
0: right. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, I missed it. Yeah, so the. <laughs> um. The uh. The foster adoption process. What were the greatest challenges in the? I think,
2: I mean, it's really hard to, to say for us, cause our, like our experience was, I mean, I'd say it's textbook. It was better than textbook. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he got placed with us May 1st and he was adopted by August 6th, 16th, 17th. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that does not happen like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and I attribute a lot of that to our, uh, adoption case case manager. She was amazing. Uh, And she, uh, she was so awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Lord just put everyone involved in our adoption was like, he just put all of the best people to do it. Like our adoption home study went extremely quickly. mm -hmm. Our adoption coordinator worked so fast and had everything in like before the deadlines were even like that week, like, which is just unheard of. It was just, it was very smooth in terms of like the actual, process um paperwork is still a lot there's a lot to go through
2: even with the paperwork like so the adoption coordinator uh she's been in the in uh the field for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and she told us you know she's had hundreds of cases uh and she told us this case she had the least amount of information on a child uh or this was the case that she had the least amount of information on because either people weren't doing their job and recording stuff well, or there was issues with like stuff being, certain documents being across state lines, like where he was born, mom was, you know, who they needed some paperwork from, even though her rights had been terminated, she lived in a different state. But somehow they still managed to get all that stuff done. And I mean, it, uh, it went very, very quickly. I think The hardest part about the, the I wouldn't even say, and this is just me, Victoria, she's the one who dealt with all this stuff. I just kind of do what I'm told and, you know, take the kids when she needs a break, you know, and do dad duties. But I would say the hardest part of the whole thing was more so like getting to know him and having him, you know, become part of our family versus the actual
1: process process of adoption
2: adoption with paperwork and stuff like that like that stuff was Mm -hmm. aggravating and challenging having you know a bunch of different people in and out of our home all the time and trying to schedule that stuff but
1: but it was still very smooth so mm -hmm. it doesn't happen that way for everyone um of course but for us like the actual process of getting our home study and and getting him into our house was very, very smooth. So we're extremely grateful for that.
0: We have few technical difficulties in there. So if someone's listening or watching this, it might be edited and sound a little weird, but I think we got the gist of everything that you were saying, which was, you know, yeah, there were challenges with paperwork. and, And some of them are unique to foster adoption because there was crossing state lines and multiple kids, all that kind of good stuff. And then, um, but yeah, but, uh, Um, I think we got the rest of that, which was cool. It's, um, so my, my question, my question for you guys. So I didn't share this when we did our adoption, uh, video or our adoption podcast, but, you know, it was kind of odd in China. Like, you know, we we were over there, uh, we, we met Daniel on, you know, a morning and there you're supposed to then go and have uh, the child with you for 24 hours and you come back the next day and say yes we still want to adopt him and then they do some paperwork um for us we d- we didn't quite understand what was going on we met him that morning we went to lunch and then they said oh if we just go back now they can finish it which we were fine with we didn't need a 24-hour trial period mm-hmm. we knew this was our son right but we went back and honestly it was just signing some papers and then this notary guy stamped it and then they were like all right he." We're like, is that it? He's your son. We, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, awesome. Wow, you know, it it kind (laughs) of surprised us, but, but with you guys, we all got to come into a courtroom and, um, and be there while they kind of conducted that, you know, kind of a last minute perfunctory, you know, interview, because they had already approved you, but for the judge Uh to hear, you know, and then I remember that judge just pronouncing him, you know, your son and saying, you know, and forever, I can't remember the exact words, but, you know, um, um, Jonathan Liam Stapp, and so what was it like for you guys to hear him pronounce your son like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really cool, like, I don't know, it kind of equates to, like, when you get married, almost, because it's, it's all very legal, like, with the adoption, of course, but, like, everything that, the judge was saying was you know like he will now and forever be known as jonathan liam Staff, and um he like kind of lists out like you know he'll be entitled to the same um what was it
2: the, same, the same rights and to the benefits same rights and benefits as, as to
1: yeah so the same rights and benefits as if he were born to you and he's also like entitled to obligations the same as like your um, biological children but it's all very legal like stuff that he's saying but it was also just beautiful because it's it's just saying like he is legitimately like our son now um so i don't know i thought it was just amazing and just i was so excited for him just to have that security that now we can say like you are with us forever like you're you're not gonna have to go anywhere else um like you have you have a family and we are gonna love you for the rest of your life um i don't know it was just it was very cool
2: Yeah, I'd say for me, my feelings in that moment were probably a little bit different. Like, it's definitely like, for me, it was more like kind of a relief that like, you know, until that actually happens and until the judge actually rules and says, you know, this is now your, your child, like, you know, there's still people coming in and out of our home and more so, not for us, like, it's an inconvenience, it's, you know, annoying, but more so for him, like while that is happening, you know, that's what he's been used to for Mm -hmm. his, however many years in the system he actually was. So he can't actually feel safe 100% in our home and secure until, you know, there's like, until that happens and people are no longer coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, the main feeling I had in that moment was more relief, like, okay, we're done with this. I mean, a lot of people have like really emotional, like, oh, in that moment, I started crying and everything. Like my feeling, you know, what's that thing they say in some marriage ceremonies, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder or whatever. I already knew, you know, God had shown us already just by how the process went that God had joined him to our family Mm -hmm. already. And so I didn't need a judge to say, oh, this is your son, because I already knew it in my heart that, that that had happened and that was going to happen. So all that to say, you know, it was definitely, a you know, an amazing thing, you know, um, to experience. Uh, but I'd say, you know, my feelings in that moment was more so relief than anything. I'm like, okay, we can finally be done with this part and uh, move on with our with our lives as Jonathan, and
0: our son, so. Is that, I mean, until the moment the judge that and actually signs that paper, a lot of things can stop the process. Family member emerges, you know, things like that um, can actually jump in the way. So yeah, it's cool to hear you guys just share about that mm-hmm. relief, you know, of actually hearing it and it being, you know, legal. It was already real. I like how you shared that. It was already a reality to you, but. When it was finally legal, then there's I guess kind of that relaxation of okay, wow, nothing can stop this now, and I think you mm-hmm. pretty much said I remember that judge is like nobody can reverse this now, like mm-hmm. this is your son, so oh wow, mm-hmm. well that is cool. What have been some of your the biggest challenges since adoption? Because so let me say this because I, I had more experience with Liam now Jonathan before you guys started meeting him. I mean this is a high energy boy. And <laughs> He does not stop. Like, I mean, when we had him for like, uh, you know, full days, it was like, whoa. (laughs) It it doesn't matter how late he stayed up the night before, how how early he woke up in the morning. He did not stop. But I mean, it's also his personality. But his personality, you always saw this huge heart in him. And it, it came through, you know, even... You know, and when this isn't an episode about trauma and trauma care, but you know there was the behaviors that were happening weren't because of an evil heart. I mean, I mean, other than, yeah. you know, other than uh, us all being a part of the fall. I mean, let's don't get into that, but, but right. But, but, but just, but there was this huge heart behind it that was so beautiful. But, but I know there've been challenges. What have been some of your challenges? since uh, um, Yeah,
1: well, obviously, um, it's a really huge transition bringing any child into your family. Um, but especially having kind of back to back transitions because we had, um, our youngest son and then brought Jonathan in. So honestly, physically, it's just been pretty exhausting. Um, (laughs) because there is a lot of energy in the house and especially like with Jonathan coming in, he brought a lot of energy and then our other kids just kind of match that energy now. And so it's just honestly crazy most of the time. Um, so just, yeah. So that's been a challenge. Um, and also he had some, um, just hard behaviors, especially in the beginning and they kind of like cycle back around. Um, but he, he, um, hit a lot and kicked a lot and kind of like spat a lot at us, um, when he first came in, just getting used to our boundaries and our rules and stuff. So working through a lot of that and just finding, having to find like creative and constructive ways to deal with those behaviors, um, and keep everyone safe, but also still be building connection with him because like he's, you know, still very new to our family even now, but especially like in those first weeks, like he, he doesn't know us, you know, he, he's only been here for like a day. And, um, so I would say that's probably been the biggest challenge is how to discipline and disciple him well, while also being, um, just intentional to build that connection and attachment with him um, as we're doing those things. And
0: Yeah, I'd say, because, um, well, I was going to say this and then you add, but you know, one of the things you're pointing out, Victoria, part of the importance too for um, based relational intervention, TBRI is because it is incredibly difficult to discipline a new family member like that train them while trying to build trust at the same time mm-hmm. i mean that's great so but there are people out there way smarter than all of us right who have studied this and have developed techniques and, and things to help us do that and so you guys have done that beautifully i would mm-hmm. say um and i know i'm a little biased but <laughs> i think that you guys have done that beautifully And we see such progress in him so inter- interrupt you i like
2: Uh, No, you get it It was uh, lagging a little bit, so I didn't hear you start talking. Uh, (laughs) I'd say the biggest challenge for me uh, so far has been, um, and this is, it's not just with me, this is common across the board for anybody who's ever brought a child in their home is, um, you know, that, that connection doesn't happen immediately you know especially when you have other biological kids in your home like it's not exactly the same and so it takes actual real effort you know at times you know to to really intentionally deal with a situation in a loving way um and really try and get the most out of that situation whether it you know there's discipline involved you know to whatever extent like you know that's a little bit different you know with a kid who is new to your home that you you know you have a connection with to an extent because you know he's he's our son But he's only been in our home for even at this point, like six months, Mm -hmm. I think. And so it's not it's not the same. And it's definitely not as easy at times as it is with some of our biological kids, because that's we have, you know, our oldest we've had by the end of this month, five years, you know, that we have had him in our home and we have trained him and loved on him. And so it is really different and that's something people don't talk about a lot like it isn't it is a choice mm-hmm. uh, that we have to continue to make to love him and choose to you know remind ourselves that you know we have to put in a little extra effort mm-hmm. and we have to deal with this differently than what we would with with maybe our own kids because or yeah or well he is our own kid <laughs> but you know what i mean I know. Uh, but uh but yeah there's that aspect um, has been very challenging at times, um, you know, and uh, I would definitely say that's probably been the hardest thing for me is- uh,
1: Making that choice to to choose to love him the same way that we love, show love to our other kids. Yeah.
0: I I would say, and and I think that's that's probably, yeah, a big part of every adoption because, you know, because, man, especially when you know, we hadn't met our son before we'd seen pictures, we'd seen videos, we'd already fallen in love with him, but it still feels foreign at first. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, really building relationship. Um, you know, it's just, I don't even know that there's a way to do that, that feeling. It's just different. You know, it's, I haven't felt any other context. I love my son and yet this feels as I'm trying to get to know him and yeah, show, I show it's just weird. It's hard to even describe. So how? I mean, you've kind of answered this some a little bit already, but how? How has Jonathan Jonathan blended into your family? Just
1: really well. I don't know. It's um, yeah, by the grace of God, he just fits in super well with our family. Um, he's precious, like you said earlier. His heart is just really sweet. Um, so he honestly. Is like looking out for our other kids a lot of times. Like if I, if he like sneaks into the kitchen and like gets an extra piece of cheese or something like while I'm cooking, he'll be like, "Oh, can I give one to Malachi and Danielle?"
2: For, yeah. like, sure.
1: So he's yeah. he's really sweet. Um, he plays really hard, and the other like they all play really hard together. Um, they do fight because they are siblings. That that does happen. <laughs> um, a good bit. Um, but. That he just, I don't know, he just fits in really well. He's very precious.
2: Yeah. It's I, a blessing. I think I, one of the fears I had is uh, since he, you know, hasn't been in a, I mean, he has been in foster care with other kids, but it's still different than being in a family uh, with other kids your age. You know, and when we first had him, uh, whether it was in respite care or when he first was placed with us, there was like a lot of highly selfish tendencies, which are very natural to somebody in his situation, especially coming from a kid who's had everything taken away from him already. He's going to be obsessive and very, you know, greedy about things, I guess. But uh, that all like, you know, he still has those tendencies because he's five, but (laughs) I mean, it has been incredible to see, you know, Ryan, you mentioned, like, it's very obvious that he, you know, has such a huge heart. Like, he is so, I I would even say, he matches or at a lot of times is even better than our own kids at, like, loving and sharing. uh, Mm -hmm. Or, I said my own again, our biological kids. (laughs) Uh, he, He does better than them a lot of times now. In sharing, like Victoria said, Mm -hmm. like there'll be situations where, you know, there's not enough of something to go around and he is like the first one to share or, or give up something of his own. And so I would say uh, it has been a God thing, 100%, how quickly he has just meshed with our family. Um, It's like he's been here all along, honestly.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's beautiful oh my god so um as we end tonight what what has god taught you guys through this process and i, I mean you can cover foster and adoption whatever what has god taught you guys through this
1: go ahead man <laughs> um yeah so for me um the lord through through this whole thing through foster care adoption um he's just taught me how just if I am trusting in him and following after him, he will literally supply all of the things that I need. So whether it be extra patience for this frustrating situation or um, physical strength, because I'm pregnant and I feel terrible and I need to be able to also care for all of these extra kids. um, Like he has just met every single need that, um, that I've had during this time. Um, It's such a just vivid way um so it's just been a real blessing to see like i wake up this morning i feel like i can't do anything constructive but then he gives me the energy and the strength to be able to to still care for everyone well um yeah so just relying on him is never a mistake um and he will provide everything that we need so
2: yeah for me there's too many to count <laughs> <laughs> but i know one one way in particular is uh uh, you know we've been taught a lot through adoption uh, I think I w- was taught a lot more uh, through foster care than anything and some of that you know we didn't get into any of the situations we had but you know we've had for the most part pretty easy ones. we had one really challenging one with a girl that was only in our home for you two know nights. two two nights really uh, and she had just been removed um, and that was like very, that was really for for me, at least, I don't know for Victoria, that was like the eye-opening case for me, uh, where we, you know, we had Aria for three months. That was, you know, she was an infant, so there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, it was hard in that we were tired and we were putting a lot of effort into it, but we didn't have a whole lot of, obviously, behavioral things. Um, and so when we got... This little girl, that was when like reality of what we were actually involved in set in. And so I think God really showed me in that situation, even, you know, how short it was, um, just how good I, I actually have it. Um, and uh, I think we all uh, have very selfish tendencies. Uh, I know I can speak for myself, especially uh, a lot of entitlement at times. Um, and I think foster care really showed me, uh, made me more, more grateful. Um, uh, and hopefully that will continue. (laughs)
0: Incredibly incredibly proud of you guys. We know that Alec, that your parents are, you know, we, we we didn't even have time to because they continue to foster and adopt. And so family gatherings are huge, huge huge um we all get together to celebrate jonathan's adoption i mean it was party central it's awesome Uh, but um thrilled um you know i hear them playing in the next room as we record this you know they're all all the kids are over here full and so after this we're gonna all go share a family meal with all four of your kids um Oh, you can hear them right there. Um, and that's just beautiful. So thank you for sharing that beautiful story um of how God worked in that. I'm proud of you being a part of this tonight. Thank you for
1: having us. Yeah, thank you for,
0: thank you. Having, us. Yeah, for having us. Oh well, thank you so much for joining us today for part two of Alec and Victoria's adoption story. We are re-recording the end of this. If it sounds or looks a little different, because uh, you may have recognized there were a lot of technical difficulties in that one uh, on my end, which is crazy. Um, so we were actually recording in the same house, but um, you know that's the way it goes. Uh, but I, I hope that you were able to really hear the message of of just how God worked uh, miraculously through Alec and Victoria. Adoption. We are so proud of them and how God has called them and how they've responded to engage in this ministry of looking after the fatherless and uh, putting the uh, lonely in homes and being God's answer to that promise that he made in his word. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, for watching today. If you're watching this on YouTube, we ask that you would uh, help us spread the message of what we do by uh, liking and subscribing uh, to this video, making a comment underneath. Uh, We ask that if you're uh, watching this on Facebook, that you would like and uh, comment and share. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, then Please subscribe and, and like it, or which it, whatever it is that they let you do on the one that you're listening on. Uh, it just helps us spread the message. You know, we Heart of the Bride exists to unite the body of Christ around the world to fulfill the command of James one twenty-seven, and so it takes all of us to do that. So help us spread the word so that together uh, we can serve the fatherless around the world and uh, and meet the call that God has placed on us. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time.